Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com. You know, this morning I want to talk about how expectant are we. Have you come expectant this morning? Expectant from him, not me. Amen. (laughs) Who knows that life is full of challenges? I just remind you, life is full of challenges. And you know what? Some are harder than others. Am I right? I believe this is a time that we should push through into a greater expectancy. Expectancy. (laughs) Of God moving in our midst. Expectant. Expectant that he will move. Expectant that he will change things. Expectant that he will touch you. Expectant that he will turn your circumstances around. Be expectant. It is so important. And I believe that we've got to believe that he's moving in our midst. He's here today, moving in our midst. He can and will do the unexpected. But you know what? These times demand that we are fountains for the great power of God. We need to push into God like never before. You know, we can spend so much time drinking from the fountains of fear and lies because there's a lot of fear and lies going on at the moment. And, you know, and fear-mongering from the enemy is going on all the time. I tell you what, it's not simply time to know about the truths of God. But we need to personally experience them. And that's my prayer, that you'll personally experience him this morning. Him. See, you know, greater holy power in our lives means greater harvest for God. Greater expectancy in seeing God's word manifested in our lives will bring greater miracles. Praise God. You know, everything continually is changing worldwide. We all know that. It's hard to make plans. It's hard to stay expectant at times. You can, we, we can easily get caught up in the uncertainty of it all, which is natural. But I've come to tell you, God is unmovable. He never, ever changes. He sent his son to be crucified so we would know freedom, hope, future, peace and eternal life. And I'll tell you what, people, that's not changed. Nothing has changed. We need to be expectant about that and not what is going on around us. One of the areas we stumble is the timing of the prophetic. Anybody stumbled about that? Many of us have had words. Anyone never had a word here? And we have seen some of them come to pass. Isn't that correct? And some we've been waiting for years and years and years and years. Isn't that right? To be honest, some of them we just put up on the shelf. And we've forgotten they're even there. And they're full of dust. I've come to tell you this morning, dust them off and bring them down. (laughs) I believe the prophetic word is often partial, progressive and conditional. If you look back on your life, people, you will see that. See, I believe in the suddenly ministry. You wait and 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 it suddenly happens. 
Isn't that right, people? I want to encourage you to be expectant about the prophetic words God has given you. And I even challenge you to dust those ones off you had years and years ago. If they were a true word from God. We need to know they are a true word from God. We need to get them out, dust them off. God's time is now. It's now, people. He's going to move in amazing power now. It's going to be God, not people, but God is going to move. And he needs to use you. See, personal prophecies are partial. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. You know, just as a word of knowledge is only a fragment of God's infant knowledge, a prophecy is only a small insight into God's will for our lives. It's just a small insight. I've had a lot of prophecies, and you've probably had a lot of prophecies. And they are only mostly a small insight into God's wills, will for our life. Not all are correct, but I'm a great believer. Eat the meat and chuck the bones. Isn't that right, people? You know, going back, looking back on my life a bit, 1985, I don't know you know 19, about 1985. In 1984, 1985, women didn't do anything. You actually were in the coffee part or doing the dishes or something like that. But I'm telling you, that's what it was like. And I tell you right now, women were not ordained at all. I was the first woman in the apostolic church to be ordained in the world whose husband wasn't a pastor. That is the truth. Because going back all those years, now 1985 I was going through a really rough time. I was young and I was going through a really rough time. And these women come to me and said, you know what, there's a prophet come to town. I said, well, what's a prophet? (laughs) And, you know, prophets come to town. I said, well, you said she. I said, a woman prophet. I said, it can't possibly happen. How can you have a woman prophet? Women aren't prophets. They do the dishes. (laughs) Anyway, so they forced me to go to this meeting and I stood back and I'm going to tell you who this prophet is. was Ruth Heffron, one of the most amazing prophets in the whole world. Can you imagine it? I stood back next to the wall and suddenly I got a big push forward and I was pushed right in front of her and she started prophesying. Well, you know what? I thought she was telling fibs. Because she said to me different things, you know. She said, God's going to raise you up and men are going to listen to you. Men are going to listen to me. Now, that's a joke. And she started on that way. But you know what she said? When, when you push into God, when you really know who you are in God. And she started telling me what I needed to do and then it would happen. And I went home and told everybody she was telling fibs. But she said, you know, you're so busy. You're so busy, 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 busy. But you need to push through into the spirit of God and understand the spiritual realm like you've never done before. And you need to understand the workings of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God is talking to some other people this morning. We need to push through. We're waiting for God to do something, but we need to push into him and it's a whole different walk people it's a whole different walk this was the beginning god planted a seed in my life something that one day i would draw on as confirmation of what god wanted me to do 
Because most prophetic words are confirmation. Yes, sometimes we get a word left field, you know, but mostly it is confirmation. Praise God. But, you know, God just kept confirming what he wanted me to do and it unfolded. And my ministry has been profound for women and men. It has been profound. There's been no difference. You know, and 11 years later, 11 years later, I became the first pastor, woman pastor in the apostolic church. I mean, God is amazing. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29 in the message says, God our God will take care of the hidden things, but the revealed things are our business. It is up to us and our children to attend to all the terms in this revelation. See, God only reveals to us people what we need to know in order to do his will at that particular time and place. And my mandate was to stop doing and being. Personal prophecy also unfolds progressively. Look back on your life. You'll be amazed. Sit down with a pen and just start writing down what has happened. And you know what happened? It expands gradually over the years. Each prophetic word adding new information, new revelation. And often it's repeated. People say to me, you know, everybody says the same thing. I said, why don't you listen and do it then? <laughs> we need to understand the suddenly and immediately is based on progressive growth and preparation until full maturity is released. Personal prophecies, you won't like this, are conditional. Regardless of whether or not, they are conditional. You know, I've worn a lot of different hats in my life. And in 2008, I became a senior pastor, but, you know, for seven years. But in 2008, the Lord came to me and said, I want you to leave. I said, what? I've been here seven years. I'm only starting to enjoy it. And I just got a good wage. And I worked in the hospital and I left there and didn't get my long service leave. And now you're asking me to give up my long service leave again? Well, I'm not doing it. See, it's a chance for you yet, isn't it? When you look at me, you think if she can do this, I can do it. But I knew it was important that I listen and obey God because God wanted me to go back itinerating again. And the interesting thing was David had been home for years and I was out there working and all that kind of stuff. I came home this day and I couldn't find him. David, 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 I couldn't find David anywhere. And he was sitting in front of the TV at 10 o'clock in the morning. And he was watching Judge Judy. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> and I said, oh God, I can't sit home every day watching Judge Judy. I'll go mad. <laughs> but see, my ultimate ministry with it all was itinerating. But my ultimate ministry over all that was India. And God has put India on my heart so much. We've done incredible work over in India. Because David actually was born in India. And you know what? And then COVID come. And if I'd been working at that time, it was huge in India, huge here. But you've got no idea. People walking down the street, my friends were just walking and one had dropped that way, one had dropped that way, just dying and they couldn't pick them up, otherwise they'd get COVID. It was horrendous. But God used us incredible in that time. You can see the time element is very important in the prophetic. It's very important. 
God never seems to be in a hurry, but he's always there on time. God has always taken longer than what man thinks he should. Would you agree, people? (laughs) Abraham and Sarah were promised a son. You know the story. They got sick of waiting for the promised child. So they ended up producing an Ishmael. Ishmael was not the promised son, but God still fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Is that encouraging? Even if we've missed it, people, he still fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Isn't that incredible? And he wants to fulfill the promises he's made to you because those prophetic words are promises to you. And we need to hang on to them, dust them off, move out in what he wants us to do. But you know, God was faithful to Abraham. And sometimes we can get sick of waiting and we can make wrong decisions. Wrong decisions. But let's not get sick of waiting. Let's listen to the Lord. You know, Saul was told to wait for Samuel for seven days. That's a huge story. Take an all hour to talk about it. But you know, Samuel said, wait and I'll come and I'll do the burnt offering. But you know what happened with Saul? Things got, went really bad because all the men got frightened. The enemy was coming against them. They were hiding everywhere. They were running everywhere. So, you know, Saul started to panic. He didn't know what to do. All his men were going. He was being overthrown. They didn't know what to do. So he got so worried and he thought, you know what? I'm going to do what Samuel told me not to do. And that was to offer the sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you, people, when he offered that sacrifice, that cost him a lot. It cost him his life. It cost him his children. It cost him his kingship. It cost everything. Let's understand that we need to be doing what God wants us to do, not what other people are expecting us to do. We've got to be listening to God, moving in God, holding on to God. Amen? You've got to be intimate with God. See, Saul lost everything because he took things into his own hands. We can all do that. He didn't obey God's word and wait. And listen, it was tough. It was tough. All his men were running away. But I'm telling you this morning, people, God will come through on time. His timing is perfect. We can do that and don't live by expectations of others. How often we can live by expectations of others. So as I said, we can. I think I've been to India about 30 times. And, you know, one of the trips, I was taking two younger women with me over there and you know, we, we gave saris. We were giving up to 1,500 saris when we went there. We used to buy the saris from there. We used to give 1,500 saris. Most of those women were Muslim. They were all widows and everything. That was the ministry that God laid upon my heart. So we got there this time. I'm not quite sure what trip that was, but we got there. And as we got off the plane, everything was really quiet and people were whispering, you know, and I'm thinking, what are they whispering about? And it was because a politician was dying in Mumbai. He had millions and millions of followers. He was one of the worst men you could ever meet of what he did. But, you know, they followed him and followed him. They said, you know what, this politician's dying. I said, so? (laughs) And they said, he's dying. You don't understand. You won't be able to go out and minister. You won't be able to do anything because, you know what, when he dies, you've got no idea what's going to happen. Some people from India, you will know what happens. They're going to smash all the Muslim shops. They're going to smash all the, take all the jewellery. They're going to up-tip all the, all the you know, what do you call them, shores. They're going to really, really, it's going to be unbelievable. You cannot afford to leave your hotel. And I said, but I can't sit in this hotel. 
for seven days. I have all these widows. They're waiting on me. They're relying on me. God, what am I to do? He said, what did I tell you to do? I said, you told me to do, give them sorrows. You told me to minister to the widows. He said, well, keep going. And I had two younger women with me and that was a big responsibility for me, you know. And so we went out and we started doing it and, and it was come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I thought, we've nearly made it. And then we got the call. I got a call from a Hindu friend. I have a lot of friends in different religions over there. They call me Mrs. Church. And, <laughs> and I'm getting them gradually. It's hard work. Anyway, so I was in Bandra. Someone knows it's a real posh place in India. And I was in Bandra and I was sitting there with the two women. I got this call. He's dead. And I said, what am I going to do? He's dead. And it's my, you know, kilometres and kilometres away from my hotel. And I thought, and I felt the Lord say to me, get up, go, go, go. So we're running down all the steps from this flat. It was hysterical. I've got these two women. We're running down the steps. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I heard this voice saying, no, don't take, don't take car. Don't take car. Can't get out. Get, take rickshaw. Can jump off. <laughs> I'm glad I was a bit younger, eh? And can't jump off. So we got into this rickshaw. Well, it was mayhem. There was people, thousands of people everywhere. There was rickshaws being burnt. Everything was going on. It was incredible. I thought, what am I going to do? I can't, I can't think what am I going to do. The driver's going to find out any minute. He's going to put us out of this rickshaw and we're going to be done. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to bribe him. <laughs> See, I told you I wasn't very good. <laughs> bribe him. So Karina was sitting there, she was in the middle. I said, get this money and just wave it. And she's waving the rupees to the driver. And you can see him looking at the rupees and you can see him, he wasn't sure what to do. And I said, double it. <laughs> so he doubled, we doubled the money. Mind you, it was probably about $5, but still, saved our lives. Anyway, double it. <laughs> and we're going through, oh, mayhem, you have no ever seen... It's like, it was like a movie. It was unbelievable. And something, we actually got to the hotel. We jumped off. The, the rickshaw got burnt. Oh, gosh. And I went in and I thought, thank you, Lord. We did what we came to do. Sometimes we can be expectant on others, but we need to be expectant on God. I'm not saying that you should all run out and burn rickshaws, but, you know. <laughs> but God, you know. How often we live by expectations of others. We do. We do what people expect us to do. I tell you, people, we've got to start expecting what God wants us to do. We really do. In Acts 1, 7 and 8, And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Times and seasons are in God's authority. We need to be expectant on God. God can and will do the unexpected. See, often Jesus used an example of natural life to portray the establishing of the kingdom of God and his immediate harvest at the end of the age. You know, seed is first planted, is that right? And then germination takes place and sprouts begin to grow. And a then a full stalk produces grain. When it is fully ripe and seasoned, we immediately 
harvest. See, God plants within a person a kingdom of seed, a vision, a prophetic word, a God-inspired project or ministry. He plants that in your spirit. Him, not you, him. And he, he causes it to grow without much notice by others or even by the one receiving the seed within his spirit. We don't realise he's growing that seed in us. One should not spend time worrying or being concerned about when God is going to move mightily. Just keep watering the seed and cultivating the young plant. Keep preparing and doing what God places in your hands to do. And the big word here with all this, everything I've said, is a few big words, and they are be obedient, be full of faith. Be obedient, be full of faith. And keep believing in the call on your life and keep confessing it to come to pass. Continue to move in the direction of harvest, for only the master gardener knows the proper time for harvest. Again, obedience. Noah, he was in a boat building ministry. God spoke of a need when Noah was 500 years of age. He progressively prepared. He laboured for 100 years without evidence. Suddenly it began to rain. What happened? Noah was obedient. Moses, he had supernatural manifestations. I won't go through them all. But you know what? Immediately in one day, Moses led 3 million people Israelites out of Egypt because Moses was obedient. He'd been knocked back every time he went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, he got knocked back, but he kept obedient. He was a man of faith. Can you see what I mean? David in his early teens received a prophecy from Samuel, the prophet declaring he was anointed to be king of Israel. Long process from the personal prophecy to the position of king. He spent 17 years in progress from a shepherding, shepherding ministry, a lion and bear killing ministry, a giant killing ministry, music ministry, captain over a thousand, for finally running from Saul for seven, several years. In one day he went from being a stranger in a foreign land to, king, to a king in his own country. He was obedient. You want your prophetic word to come to pass? We need to be obedient and listen to what God is saying. See, time and season for every purpose under heaven and time for every work. Time and seasons are in God's plan for personal prophecies to be fulfilled. Amen? Any attempt to force it to happen prematurely causes a miscarriage of that which was conceived in your spirit when you received your personal prophecy. We need to have faith. And I really felt as I was driving here this morning that, you know, we need to have faith. Even faith for our old promises. We've got old promises and we thought, you know, the person was probably five when you prophesied over something was going to happen. Now he's 55 and he's still on drugs. You know what I mean? But, you know, we... mine was 45. So, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? We need faith. We've got to have faith for your old promises. Your faith for the answer is more important than your need for the answer. We need faith for the answer. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing God good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't grow weary. And I'm going to finish with this because this will blow your mind. It's prophetic time and terminology. We don't understand it always. God does not mean the same thing with certain words as we do. We hear now or this day and we think immediately, Within a 24-hour period, 
Prophetic terminology does not always mean what we assume they mean. When personal prophecy is given, it is divinely decreed and established in the spiritual heavenly realm. It's God's word. God's word. We think, oh, it's not happening, it's not happening. It's God's word. It's God's word. He's, he's building in you. He's building your life. You, he goes through different situations and you know what? He's building you. You know, but it may be many years later before it's fulfilled in the natural realm. Helpful timetable. I'm going to give you this timetable. Time it will really help you based on biblical examples, okay? So immediately, in the Bible means one day to three years. In the Bible, very soon means three to ten years. You feeling encouraged? Now or this day, ten to forty years. I will sometime during your lifetime if you are obedient. And this is the best. I'm coming back soon. <laughs> 2,000 years ago. But got to understand, we've got to not take prophetic words lightly. There's some we need to just throw off. And, you know, we know if someone's... If, you know, saying we know in our spirit if it's the right thing, but you know we have to let it grow. We have to nurture it. You know, he's not gonna. We're not gonna stand there and prophesy and say now. You know, realize you have to read the Bible. You realize you have to pray. You realize you have to spend time with God and all that. But you know, he presumes that we know all that, and that we just trust in Him, and it grows. It grows. He takes us through situations and circumstances. It's incredible. I look back over my life and I think, how did that all happen? But I tell you, it takes two things, obedience and faith. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Oh, Father, I pray encouragement on people today, Father. Father, I pray that people will be brave enough to go home and say, God, I threw that prophecy away. I didn't believe it or it just didn't work. And have the power and the faith to pick it up and say God I'm going to believe in your promises I'm going to believe in your promises people are here are believing for family situations to turn around for financial situations to turn around just believing for that you know we need to just hang God said he would provide he said he would not see anybody begging bread we need to get hold of that this morning but I just can't get over how much he wants he's speaking to this place that this has been old things that have been said and they're being thrown off. But he's saying, you know what? Just pick it up again. Pick it up again and start again. And you'll be amazed. See, I believe this is a breakthrough church. A breakthrough church. I saw all those children out there this morning. I don't think I was in a church of four and a half thousand a few months ago. And you know what? I don't think I saw as many children as that. And so that's a huge responsibility. That's a huge responsibility for this church. But God has trusted you, has trusted you with all these children, trusted you to pray, trust you to encourage them, trust you to lead them, trust you to guide them. And you're going to need everything you can have in the next 15 years. 
But God has placed those children. And as I was sitting there, I could see them growing up in the spirit, just growing up in the spirit, growing up in the house, growing up the house, growing up in the house. And it's going to be more, and it's going to be more, and there's going to be more. Then we're going to get so many teenagers that you won't know what to do with them, but it's going to be more and more. But God has chosen, chosen these leaders, has chosen these leaders for such a time as this. And the other thing I saw, I saw like, you know, steps. And some steps have been tough. Some steps you've gone up, especially the leaders I'm talking about this morning. Some steps have been tough. And you've gone up the steps and it's like you, you want to go down again, you know. And you thought this was going to happen and that was going to happen. But sometimes things were different. But you went back on the steps. What I'm seeing out of the, if you understand what I'm saying, is that it, you kept going back on the steps. You've kept going in God, even though you felt like stepping off the steps and you felt like you were going down <laughs> instead of up. You know, it's like God is, is, is actually holding you, taking you up, up, up. It's going to be different plateaus. And I believe you're in sort of a plateau now, quite a nice plateau actually. <laughs> it's all quite reasonable at the moment, isn't it, leaders? It's quite, quite you know, it's not so bad at the moment. I've been a senior pastor, I know all about it. But, you know, but that plateau... It's going to shift and it's going to be like uphill again. But know that God's got his hand. You'll know when this happens. There's going to be an uphill, an uphill. And the uphill is going to look so steep, so steep. How am I going to do it financially? How am I going to do this? I'm telling you what, two words, obedient and faith. Obedient and faith. Amen. Amen. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. In all this, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, what I mean by that, that you've allowed him to come into your life, that you've allowed the Lord to come into your life. And you'll be amazed how your life will be turned around completely. He's not asking you to be suddenly become amazing and, and, and do everything right. Just as you are. There's some old song, just as you are. Come just as you are, just as you are. If you want, I want what she's got. I want you in my life. I want your power. I want you. I, w- I want to know forgiveness. I want to know peace. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hands. Then I know the team will go from there. But if you've never let God and Jesus be part of your life, really part of your life, or if you walked away and you happen to be here this morning, I just want you to raise your hands. That's all I'm asking you to do. Then I know that the team will see you after that. So with every every eye closed, just raise your hands. Just raise your hands. You know, if you don't raise your hands now, just know that God's knocking at your door. God's knocking at your door. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. This girl here, sorry, what's your name? Kate? God just showed me your face, Kate. You've got a beautiful heart. You've got a really soft heart. And sometimes that can be used against you because you are so soft. You are so soft. But God has actually made you soft. He's made you caring. 
He's made you with the ability to bring peace into people's lives. I believe just you walking in a room will change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. And, and you'll see something's changing. Just know that God is with you and he's changing the atmosphere you're in to be who he wants you to be. I know that you struggle, struggle with self-esteem. All of us, many of us have and all that. But God's saying he's got you in his hand. He's got you in his hand. Don't look at that anymore. It's who you are in him. See, it's not who we are. We get so involved in who we are. It's whose we are. Okay? You belong to him. It's God's going to use you and use you and use you. But you know, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger. Stronger and stronger in God. Amen? You can all say amen. You know, if, some, if you're getting prophesied to, you should actually go, yay, because you're sitting there thinking, now everybody thinks what they're going to think that about me. So what, when people prophesy, it's not for my benefit. You say, agree. If you agree, if you don't, shut up. But just agree. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Hear what I'm saying? Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And I'm more or less was prophesying to you both before about that straight up. But it's amazing how you're going to do that straight up. Straight up. I think you're an amazing couple. Amazing, amazing couple. And it's been tough at times. But God has got you. I could even see straps coming on your back as you're going up the mountain, you know. But it's going to be so worth it. And it's going to, you're going to think, I'm not sure. It's going to be a little while yet, but you're going to think, I'm not sure if that's what we should do. Then this word, you're going to remember this word. Put the strap on my back and keep going up. Amen? Praise God.